0: Spags, it's week 18. It's Friday. I am the cash game king. I'm also the underdog playoff best ball king. I'm feeling good about today's show and our special
1: guest. I'm not sure I've seen you get crowned as the underdog playoff king, but we'll try our best to get that coronation on today's show with underdogs, man, behind the scenes and in front of the camera, Josh Norris doing everything, helping get their content where it needs to be doing the great jobs they are doing over there. We are going to do that playoff best ball draft. We're going to try to do some Week 18 news, and I even did a little bit of research. Pete got all the motivations and all the contractual things that are going to give us some extra edge hopefully this weekend, and we will do our ride-or-die picks, even if Pete won't partake because of he's <laughs> (laughs) cash game status we will do them game by game for all the saturday and sunday games so pete hit that intro Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Arbizet, as well as today, Underdog's Josh Norris. Josh, how are you doing with that light back there that looks like a Beauty and the Beast
2: character? (laughs) I will be honest. I mean, I don't know how much you want behind the scenes here. Uh, This is an actual brick background. That's one thing. So don't don't, you know, suggest that I just put a piece of wallpaper behind me. Um, We ordered, as soon as we moved in here, these like custom blinds, because these are two windows out into Brooklyn. I mismeasured one of them. And so even since September, do not have one of the blinds up. And that's why all this light is being sprayed out here. Look, it makes me translucent if I put my hand in my head too far over there. Um, But we're going to make it work. How are you guys? It's week 18, almost in the year. You know, uh, I am I
0: was telling Josh before we went on, I was tilting because I had to do about 45 minutes of snow removal this morning, had a very busy day, wasn't enjoying carving out time for that. Um, but yeah, you doing know, well.
2: What, you ahead. know, Pete, if, if you got sixth place and best one way to, you probably could have paid someone to remove that snow <laughs> for you. Yeah. Uh,
0: a, a little known fact about that, that I was messaging Josh, you know, I thought we had seventh place locked up and I like log in the next day and saw we got stack corrected down to eighth, which I believe, what was that? A $5,000 swing?
2: Well, you know, Hayden's on the West Coast. We don't know what he does at tinkering around three AM at that Damn time. It, Who Hayden. knows what he did in the back end? I did
0: drafted
1: us what Michael I call karma, Pete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: Karma? No, but, you know what, Pete? What could have happened? All it came down to was taking Rondell Moore over Damian Harris. Oh my God! Don't start with me. <laughs> don't start with me. I'm trying uh, to get kicked out of the show as quickly as possible. Is what I'm trying to do right now.
0: Well, it is the thing. So the big thing from Sunday, and I of course had a lot of fun sweating that lineup that I drafted with Bime for, but. But Josh, the people were killing me wanting to see the live scoreboard. I, I mean, that has to be number one off season underdog priority.
2: I mean, there are a lot of priorities. to <laughs> No, this is number one. <laughs> but, but that is definitely something that, that we want to do. In fact, we were planning on doing like a Twitter spaces or something, but even it wasn't updating quick enough, but that that's definitely something. I mean, isn't it crazy to think that underdog is a year and a half into existence and that's it. That's it. Really? So it yeah. feels
1: like it's been forever since you guys started rolling things out. I know you've been there now for a year and change, right?
2: No, less than a year. Only like 10 months. Okay. Cause we had yeah. you on
1: when you just started. I think we like, we literally got you on splash play like last year. I think I when think Spax is living cameras. in an
2: alternate universe right now. Yeah. I, I, I don't really, think you I... had started yet. <laughs> no, I think you had <laughs> me on like in September or, or August. In my mind, it was like, oh,
1: Josh there, has started at underdog and now <laughs> we're bringing him on. He's got his fancy new cameras. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, the yeah, because what also feels like an eternity ago is uh, we went out to Miami in May, right around the NFL draft. This was Josh coming off of his incredible mock draft victory. Um, that Willis is mentioning in the chat, he wanted us to start at one fifty nine or two fifty nine for the summer of fifty nine correct picks. But I mean, that feels so long ago. That was when BBM two launched. We were there announcing the million and one dollar prize pool, and then it was it was uh, we've we've come to the end.
2: Yeah, like I said, either a Monday or Tuesday, uh, I talked about having the greatest mock draft of all time for about three or four months this summer, receiving a grand total of zero dollars from that. So all of you who <laughs> actually won actual money to your bank account <laughs> every single week, Pete, with you guys on on Tilt Space, like just shrugging off ten thousand. like it's no big deal, that is not me. I would be freaking out, shirts off, parties up, champagne popping every single weekend.
0: Well, here's the thing, Josh. You haven't seen our updated spreadsheets. Um, We might have fired too hard at the uh, Millie Maker contest last (laughs) week, and we're now closer to break even because not all of us are Leone. Leone wins the Thunderdome on his own, and then we galaxy brain the lineups together.
2: Yeah. Leone, Levitan, everyone just like acting. It's NBD. No big deal. Whereas me staying up to a 5 a.m. just popping two bottles of Prosecco just because I get some freaking draft picks correct for nothing. nothing You're trying to hide the shame of
1: not having curtains in your
2: studio. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I won some money, I'd be able to put this up, you know, hire yeah. a task TaskRabbit or something. So but make sure you're, you're
1: following are- at Josh Norris to make Appreciate to give it. Josh the bump that he needs. I'm sure that only this show can provide to get you where you need to go. Make sure you are checking Underdog. And we got to give the plug to Football Outsiders. Of course we are. Uh, I don't want to give it away. We've hinted at it enough on this show, but we are finally putting it to paper that we're doing some stuff on Football Outsiders with Underdog this year, as well as Splash Play. So excited for that! Make sure you're going to FootballOutsiders.com/slash subscribe. Package on there ninety nine cents a week. That'll help make you make better lineup decisions, better betting decisions, all of that with the power of DVOA. let so go to Football Outsiders dot com slash subscribe. But Josh, you had some big news. I saw earlier, I think might've been this morning or last night. It all blurs together at this point, but our boy Trill Tyler. I am of course uh, doing a new show, doing a three hour Pat McAfee style show. I'll say, but coming for that former barstool coworker money that I'm getting laughed by both Tyler and Pat McAfee <laughs> on. That's exciting news. Tyler, if there ever were a man built to fill a three hour show on a daily basis, he is
2: that man. It, it is. He's one of those people on Twitter who something random pops up. And he just has a different spin on it than anyone else. And being able to turn maybe a singular tweet into like a five minute segment to me is just going to be so much fun to watch on a daily basis. And so really, I think part of that show, we're still figuring out a lot of it is just for him to scroll Twitter with everyone and react to everything as it's, as it's happening in, in real life. Yeah, that starts off January 17th, three hour show, 12 to three. So if people want to search Trill Weather show, with Trill Weathers or go in Nick Rudman's or Tyler's Twitter feed. You can go and subscribe to that channel right now, three hours a day for sure.
1: Is that, I mean, that's obviously going to be a big initiative for you guys Just production wise. It's a lot of time in a given day, but anything else for 2022, you want to tease on here, maybe give the people a little taste now that, that we're officially partnered and we can break news along with you here on the show. <laughs>
2: um. Well, we already have 2022 best ball rolling. Uh, I can't wait. I, more people need to get involved with playoff best ball. I'm sure Pete, you've done a couple drafts. I don't know if you've done any yet. I mean, those things put your brain into a blender. Mine already is at this point in the year, but each draft is wildly, wildly different. I think what we want to do is just have, you know, games going at all times for, for people to go and play on the app. And it, it, it's been so much fun just to see the different iterations and, keeping up with the growth of the user base and even the team that we have here. We do have a lot of things going on behind the scenes spags. That's me kind of working around and and not directly answering. We're going to PR
1: me on that one. Um
2: but no there, there's a lot of good things down the pike. Let's say let's say that.
1: Yeah, definitely an exciting time to be on board there, so go check out Underdog, and we will be doing a playoff best ball draft in a little bit. Uh, but let's do some Week 18 news, and we can cover some of the softer items up top, and including one that has no real-life ramifications, no fantasy ramifications for this week. But the Jaguars interviewing, I think, is a noteworthy one. They're going to be interviewing the Cowboys offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, the Bucs offensive coordinator, Byron Lefwich. And to the Jags' fans' dismay, they are rallying on Twitter because Bill O'Brien is going to be the interview early next week after the college football playoff game where he's currently on that Bama staff. And Pete, I don't know if you care much for Jags fans, but I'll let you say uh, whatever you want here about this hiring process for them. And, and really an important one, given what we've talked about with Trevor Lawrence and the disappointment that he's been this year. I'm
0: going to be completely honest with you, Spags. I've been uh, laser focused on my Week 18 cash game shell. I have been laser focused on underdog playoff drafts. Uh, and I have not been laser focused on what's going on with the Jags hiring process. And I report at this time, I have zero takes on the matter.
2: Josh. Great you way want to start to the, to the show. To the
1: hire. <laughs>
2: That's been a good nine minutes and one seconds here. Let's roll out. <laughs> uh, so a couple of things. I believe Bill O'Brien in his tenure as Texans head coach was 54 and 52. So a lot of times, like when head coaches are fired and then hired somewhere else, that new team is kind of hiring a proven loser. I don't want to like boil it down to this, but on some level, Bill O'Brien's a proven winner. As weird as that sounds now, I think for him, what got him into trouble was obviously those drastic short-term general manager decisions like the Larry McTunzel trades and a few others that he gave up so much for the future in order to make, you know, again, like the short term, the present that much better. And it just didn't work out. Now, the thing with Jacksonville is Trent balky no one trusts him, uh, just how he handled like his final few years in the 49ers. He was one of those early 49ers and general managers across the league where they got lucky with their draft picks. And then people thought, oh man, this guy's great. He can really spot town in the later rounds. And then we all come to find out like the best way to win at the draft is to hit your early round picks and then have a whole bunch of picks on day three. And he hasn't been able to, you know, repeat that success. Um, the thing with Kellen Moore, just quickly, there are some people who are really close to the Cowboys who cover that team very closely. Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian brought who aren't nearly as. As optimistic, as impressed by Kellen Moore as like the national stages. And so that's something that I, I wanted to dive into as we head along, because I think he's going to be, you know, mentioned among these head coaching candidates, even if, and potentially if the Cowboys don't let him go and, you know, promote him from within instead of letting him go instead of Mike McCarthy.
1: That was it a definitely has buzz around it being the young offensive genius who could maybe save some things. I think for me, this breaks down. I'll give my take real fast. I think Josh gave a much better take than I was going to. So thanks for that, Josh. But I will say this comes down to, if it's a shad con hire, I bet they go bill O'Brien. If it's a Tony con hire, who I am a big fan of the, the younger con is the, head right of the W does some uh, premier league team, all that stuff. I think he's a sharp guy. I think they would go Kellen Moore or left, which is way. So that'll tell me how the Jags organization is going. And after you have the big splashy hire, I would just go to a guy you think is going to help Trevor Lawrence develop. Other news for this week that might be important for the cash games, Pete. Chase Edmonds going to be downgraded to out versus Seattle. Maybe James Conner week for cash games. Got any thoughts on that one? Or do you want to punt on this? <laughs> you want to no. punt all the. the oh, no. This, on. this
0: I'm very excited to talk about. Yes. I think James Conner uh, is set up to be a, a smash play here. We've seen games without Edmonds where Conner gets, you know, the entirety of the work the pass catching work, the goal line work. Uh, we know he's still a, a talented running back. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about James Conner in this game. I think it sets up to be a good fantasy game in general. And they've also not really shown a willingness to use a third back that much. So it's not like we really have to worry about someone coming in and getting, you know, 40% of the work. So yeah, I think James Connor uh, is going to be good. I guess the only other thing is just because he's been a little banged up himself of late. Um,
1: if there's any injury concerns there with him, but otherwise I'm ready to fire the cannons. Josh, you want to trust uh, a little bit of James Conner this weekend with the fact that the Cardinals are technically playing for an NFC West title. We'll see if that can come to fruition and maybe some seeding ramifications as well.
2: It's a huge game for the Cardinals because obviously the Rams have to beat the 49ers, a team that's beaten them in five straight games in order to clinch the NFC West. And, you know, what we saw with the Cardinals last week was Kyler Murray once again take over. To me, it's been interesting that like they haven't really changed their offense that much without DeAndre Hopkins. And we got like one game where it didn't work. And they just put Antoine Wesley out there, and he was just a guy. And then this past weekend, you watch those games, and Antoine Wesley was making like contested catches, one-on-ones, like ex- using him exactly again like New Hopkins, and he fulfilled that that role. Is, is that the key each and every week once we hit the playoffs? Because we've seen this Cardinals team beat you in so many ways in the running game, in the passing game. Obviously, defense has been pretty good this year. Yeah, that's really one to track. And one final thought here as we go to 2022 best ball, James Conner is kind of an archetype, and Hayden Winks nailed this all off season where someone who has had previously a feature back role who then was not signed for peanuts necessarily but just downgraded because of questions around them and they weren't going to see nearly the same amount of volume as they saw previously we can say that with james Conner. we can say that with leonard fournette so again at running back 37 where he was going this summer when you consider like his just inside the five to 10 yard role he was destined to have. And then on top of that, chase Edmonds getting injured for so long. I think that's an archetype to look for as we, uh, again, head on into the 2022 season.
1: Would we say that Mike Davis is the exact opposite of that archetype?
2: Hey, now look, I, I I made fun of Pete about the eighth place finish instead of six. So he could get someone to, you know, clean off his car. Uh, Mike (laughs) Davis is a touchy subject. Touchy subject. Look, Touchy. all we talk you about. You can't use the word touches in Mike Davis in the same <laughs> sense. He doesn't get any of them. Okay. All all we have to talk about though in that running back dead zone is Damian Harris, who Pete took Rondell Moore instead of this this past <laughs> year instead of oh, you know I'm hitting fifth place. <laughs> and not Mike Davis. You you just talk about your hits in the running back dead zone, not the misses. Well, That's I think man.
1: we're on the same page. I was a Mike Davis fan coming in too. I, I like volume. I do track volume for DFS. Volume is the gospel for most other sports, and for NFL, it usually is too. And um, yeah, I'll wear the Mike Davis egg on my face then, so you don't have to, Josh. I'm just Thank you. have to keeping the show morale up. Uh, We got also other news here. Tyler Huntley starting for Lamar Jackson in Pittsburgh this week. And Pete, I'm going to ask you first about Tyler Huntley. Is he at a price tag 5,700 on DK? Certainly has been playing well, certainly rushing and throwing fairly well. But at that kind of price tag, is he even in contention to be in your cash game lines?
0: Yeah, I think right now he is the second best cash game play. It looks like Taysom Hill. Um, at, uh, in the dome there against the Falcons is also going to be uh, right up there as a top play. But man, Huntley has looked really good. We've seen him run a ton this year, which obviously gives him a super high floor. He has a really good rapport with Mark Andrews. My hope is like the narrative of this, you know, Big Ben final game. They just let him chuck it, you know, 55 times. Josh says, no, that's not going to happen. Um, But uh, maybe I'm, there's a little shootout potential there. Otherwise, Huntley though, should be able to run a lot on the ground.
2: I hope yep. it does. And what Deontay Johnson's on the COVID list. Is that correct? Yeah. He, he's mm-hmm. probably not playing or is he's definitely out. He's can't come off the list. I think he's, I think, he's, I'm I not think
0: he's for sure out
1: is from okay. what
2: I, because but I might take be wrong. Five days that. to clear. So, so he got qualified on Thursday. What, what we've known about the Steelers offense is that it's you know, the shortest time to throw in the NFL. And obviously Ben Roethlisberger's a dot this past weekend, intended air yards per attempt, whatever you want to call it has been abysmal. It's just tiny. It's awful. But the Ravens defense allowing the most explosive plays can't tackle worth shit. I mean, you know, yards after catch all over the yard. We saw it against the Bengals twice this year. I just don't think like Ben's going to hold the ball long enough to take advantage of that for chase Claypool. Um, look, Chase Claypool made done some dumb things this year. He hasn't, you know, won all of his 50-50 situations, who is going to since they're 50-50 balls. But that is like a wide receiver talent that in a different offense, I think would be utilized like far more, far more. Because right now, Ben has to recognize, oh, coverages dictate. He's a one-on-one on the outside. I'm going to lob it up for him and try to, you know, ask him to win this really difficult scenario. Or he's open on the third read in the backside, but I'm never going to get to him because I'm not, I'm not going to hold the football that long. I just hate watching the Steelers right now. I think Tyler is yeah. the best quarterback in this game.
1: Yep, yeah, I think it's a reasonable take to have. Another reasonable take might be one in favor of Keyshawn Vaughn. Ronald Jones going to be out versus Carolina, Tampa Bay. Still pretty big favorites, according to the books. Uh, just shy of a 10-point line on that one from what I was seeing before the show. Josh, you got any thoughts here on Rojo, a man who's been talked about a lot? He's going to be out. No Leonard Fournette as well because of that hamstring issue. So could it finally be Keyshawn Vaughn time?
2: No. Um, what I am fascinated to see, though, this Bucks team As we hit the playoffs, because they have been at points along with the Cowboys, like the best offense in the NFL, at least the most balanced, let's put it that way. Like they could beat you with the rushing attack because the offensive line and the running back, you beat you in the passing game because they had three awesome wide receivers plus a tight end and their defense at times was fantastic. Now, how many pieces of that are hitting, you know, peak form once we hit the playoffs, especially the passing game, like without Antonio Brown without Chris Godwin, it's Mike Evans, it's Gronk who's kind of hit a downturn recently. And like that's it. And Brady's going to, you know, find someone who's open, but I can't maybe it's just my bias. I can't think of them as glowingly as he the playoffs um like as if they had one of those two pieces. And kind of the same thing with the Cowboys without Michael Gallup. Um but that's just another conversation for another day.
1: Pete, how about you in the Bucks' backfield? We've I know you've talked a lot about Rojo and ship chasing with our pal Pat Corain. He's out. Is it Keyshawn Vaughn weak in cash?
0: Yeah, the, it's going to be a very tough decision. I was talking with Derek Cardi about this because Keyshawn Vaughn will project well. Like you got to divvy up the carry somewhere, but we also know that these guys have incredibly short leases in the Bucks' passing game. you miss a uh, pass protection, you know, Brady and Arians are yanking you and they have, Le'Veon Bell there, who he isn't going to get any yards after contact, but he probably can pass protect. And so there is a lot of risk of Vaughn making one mistake and then just riding the pine for the rest of the game. So that makes him scary as a play for me. Um, as far as them in the playoffs, like Josh was saying, I do think they're really interesting in if if Leonard Fournette is fully healthy coming back. I, I wonder if we see even a bigger shift to, to the run. I know, I think he made an appearance back at practice, um, but they're
1: going to need leonard fournette in a big way uh without godwin and ab and the last news item i'll put out here miles sanders going to be out this week on the saturday game but the eagles apparently going to be playing even though they have nothing to play for in the spot against dallas on saturday jalen hurts has been putting in full practices josh you got any lean here for philadelphia i know it's probably a mostly meaningless game on a saturday night but for people playing that two game slate on the dfs sites i could have some some hope there of something bubbling up
2: so you mean nothing to play for because they already have like locked up a playoffs. Yeah. I think they right? can't move. I believe is there. Right. Their, their right. I think, I think they're almost certainly stuck. The seven seed. really crazy things have to happen for them to get to the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been so weird and maybe no team has changed more this season. When you think about it than the Philadelphia Eagles, like they started off the year, one of the highest neutral pass rate teams in the league, despite Jalen hurts, despite the offensive line. And it makes you wonder why, because in these like final eight weeks of the season, Their offensive line, once again, got healthy. Jalen Hurts, the running game, all of it's been fantastic, and they're kind of playing a bully ball-esque game, and it matches so much better with with their talents. Um, The one player I want to shout out, because all these other rookie wide receivers are getting so much love in Jalen Waddell, for good reason, Jamar Chase, for even better reason, but we all know Matt Harmon. We all like Matt Harmon. Um, I think Devontae Smith's, Reception perception this year is going to be so much green that people are going to be shocked because when you go and watch it, he is winning down the field. Now, the other part of it is Jalen Hurts. They're not throwing a lot. He's not terribly accurate in terms of his decision-making. And then he's also the only wide receiver on that team who can like win in isolation. Like when you think about it, it's Quez Watkins and Jalen Raker, and that sucks. So uh, Devontae Smith is a really, really good player as an individual, but it's not going to like come into massive production in the current state of this franchise.
1: yeah, and I think that's a uh, receptive perception. I know you brought that up briefly there with Matt Harmon, and I would give a, a real big cosign to that one. Cause I know he was beating that Deontay Johnson drum for a while before yep. he was getting that work. A lot of other guys that bubble up there, do end up having some fam- fantasy ramifications. So I would say I definitely worth keeping an eye on Matt Harmon's work and what he's doing there. And Pete, I presume you're not playing a cash game on Saturday, right? So this game has no meaning to you at all.
0: No, but I am glad you brought that up because sometimes people try to sneak in a Saturday one in their invites, and because I'm just kind of mindlessly clicking accept on all of these, I've did. I caught myself a few times. So if you try to pull that shit with Saturday or an even trickier one, people trying to send me Sunday all-day contests, okay, I'm not dealing with that Sunday night football stuff. I mean, just cut that shit out
1: right now. All right, so there you go. A message out there to everybody out there: don't come for the cash game king unless unless you're going to take them down. Um, some of the contractual things I'm going to throw out there, and you guys could just we could just say, are you buying in or not? Just try to make these fast. But AJ Green, and uh, by the way, I said I did research. I just saw Salvatore retweet this and then took it from. Um, so that's
2: <laughs> so the research. I was level. I was going to ask, but I'm, I'm I'm glad you noted it.
1: No, I mean, the research I do is just getting into the mindset to do this show to have fun. That's, that's the research Aggregation. I Aggregation.
2: We've all done it at one
1: point. Exactly. Yeah, positive affirmation saying today's going to be a good show. The first good show we put together here on Splash Play. AJ Green needs 10 catches for 250K, another 75 yards for 250K. Pete, you buying in. I am not. How many did you say? 10?
2: 10 catches. 10
1: catches, 75 right. yards. Maybe
2: if he had
0: three more weeks to hit this hit this mark. But Josh loves the old, so maybe he could make a case for AJ oh, Green. Oh, I Green. mean,
2: do we want to dig through old AJ Green tweets here? I remember it was like July when I made the case. No one else wanted to make it for AJ Green being one of the best round 18 or 17 picks out there in, in best ball because obviously he was the least efficient wide receiver in 2020 it could only go up he's going to be starting right wide receiver for the cardinals because they don't move their receivers around and look we got three or four maybe even five usable weeks out of uh none spiked but some usable ones i'll take that i'll take that as a victory pete
0: this is me anytime uh leone and josh talk about aj green
2: (laughs) it's so true (laughs) Just
1: the he makes when making them his 19th child,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I should. also, at the same time, wasn't talking about Tyrell Williams, so I think like it evens out. It
1: does. I got him in some underdog best balls, didn't work out. I'll say <laughs> that Lion's spot. Stefan Diggs apparently needs six catches to add $750,000 to his salary base for the next two seasons. So, an interesting one here, Joshy buying in.
2: What a life! I mean, six catches for an extra 750 G's in each of the next few seasons. Is that what you just said? I didn't yeah, next know that. two. Yep. Um yeah, six catches for the Bills. I mean and Stefan Diggs. That's I, I actually think Stefan Diggs is going to have a pretty pretty um favorable ADP heading into next year comparable to like where he ended up this year and what the expectations were. You know what I'm saying, Pete?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Like I think you could see I think what you're you're saying like we might see guys like say Justin Jefferson now be late first round picks whereas Diggs Instead might slide to like the mid second. And then like when that, DK like, was going, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. And Leone had a thread about that too, of just kind of digs it production. And it wasn't that, you know, the volume was still there. His catch percentage just went down a bit, but even his touchdowns held, he just wasn't quite as insanely efficient as he was last yep. year. And so now everyone is like down on him, but really not much changed.
1: I yep. know yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, he's doubtful to go, so no reason to roll him out there at this point. So it seems like an easy way for Diggs to get six catches, but whether that leads to a good fantasy day or not, we'll see. Gronk has two big ones. He needs seven catches to earn $500,000. He also needs 85 reception yards to get another $500,000. Uh, Pete, that's a pretty nice fantasy day potentially for Gronk if he could hit those milestones. Maybe Tom Brady trying to win his friendship over after mm-hmm. losing Antonio Brown. Uh, does Gronk hit these? You buy him. Yeah, I mean, Gronk has been playing so well. His target totals have
0: been incredibly consistent. Now you're removing, you know, two pieces from the passing game. I think the question, though, is just, you know, how long are they playing for in this game? Are they going to rest the starters? Like if anyone needs some rest heading into the playoffs, it's probably someone like Gronk. So that's kind of the interesting thing to me. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see
1: Brady, you know, pepper him real quick early, get that record and then get out of there. How about you, Josh? You want to take some stabs at Gronk with him having a a nice DFS day if he does get this million dollars worth of bonuses on Sunday?
2: Yeah, we've seen some really weird game plans for the Bucks this year where they open with like 13 straight – God, I'm going in and out of the darkness – 13 straight um, passing attempts on drives, like instead of running the ball. I wouldn't be surprised, like, in the first drive, if they can get three catches to Gronk if he hits that, you know? Um, I I think that's potential. Go ahead.
1: Brian in the chat saying, Is Josh in the basement of Dracula's castle or a BDSM (laughs)
2: No one will ever know.
1: (laughs) That was, I was like, you know, for chat birds, chat birds sometimes go hit or miss there. I feel like I got, (laughs) that one actually got me to laugh. So kudos to Brian on that one. Uh, Rex Burkhead has two milestones. He could hit 103 yards, uh, total yards for $125,000 for Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead also 30% of snaps this weekend would give him another 125 K. Joshi buying in on Rex Burkhead, a man who is against all odds being shockingly good for the Texans down the home stretch.
2: No, we were on this, you know, we were on this four years ago that Rex Burkhead was actually good. So, uh, what, everything was better in what? 2018, 2017 in general. So let's just rewind, go back to the time machine and just relive our, our positive affirmations. Some might say for Rex Burkhead,
1: Pete, Rex Burkhead, make it in the cash game lineup. <laughs> uh, no, he is
0: not. Um, and it, it's, I mean, the Titans have stuff to play for. They can, they can, you know, tighten up their defense there when they want to. So, um, I, I don't know. The Texans also don't strike me as someone that's going to try to give Rex Burkhead forty touches to like get there. Like this isn't you know
1: Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor trying to set actual meaningful records. Um, I don't see it. Another maybe dodgier one that they can hit here. Taylor Heineke needs sixty percent of snaps and a win to earn one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. He's officially starting. Pete, do you care at all about Taylor Heineke and his contractual motivation? I am going to just say this <laughs> as kindly as I can. I give
0: zero shits about taylor heideke in his contract heading oh, really? into week 18 Wait, Dude, I'm, sorry. Not- I'm sorry i'm <laughs> sorry
1: taylor i just have to be honest patrick Laird just texted Heidekey like you got to check out this show man he's doing it all the time my good friend <laughs> pete and then he turned it on and he's here's you just going no, i don't care about this uh, guy that's yes. making money spags is, thinks all white guys in the nfl
0: are just on a text chain with each other
1: <laughs> like a 10-man group
0: text that's right. <laughs> yeah. Cooper is who was the
2: group. admin of that is a hunter renfro like who yeah <laughs> A, Red and a, community cooper cup
0: a power struggle for it for a
1: while <laughs> uh do you care about taylor heineke at all josh you want to just keep moving nope let's keep moving <laughs> okay cooper cup we talked about this one 12 catches 136 receiving yards to break two different records and it is a an 18 week or an 18 game season, 18 week season record that's he'll be breaking potentially so josh how do you feel about this one we already gave our takes on it yesterday i don't I think want him to hit.
2: beat it like let's <laughs> leave some goodness for calvin johnson and these guys you know it's It's 18 weeks versus, you know, 17 games. We're about to have Kyle Pitts. You might talk about this one too. I know he's questionable for this weekend. Break Mike Ditka's record. Mike Ditka, who did that like 75 years ago when that season was 13 games. I don't like one, maybe all the time, like forever in history, we should have been considering playoff games in the same season, part of these season long um, records in general. But like now records don't mean anything. Like, they don't mean anything. They're all going to get twisted, especially in today's day and age with how we throw the football with 18 games. I kind of hate it.
1: Yeah, it should be like a per-game average maybe where you yeah. have to hit a minimum. But I would agree. I think that's a, a fair take with the game and the season getting longer. But, Pete, uh, Cooper Cup here, 12 catches. I You think he's going to hit it, right? Like he has to. Um, I mean,
0: the thing is they have to win the game and I don't think they're going to make like suboptimal decisions just to get him the record. But I mean, his floor game has been like around there a lot this year. So yeah, I could see if it's close to them pushing to get it. I also like Josh, the purity with these records. He reminds me of the 72 dolphins when they crack out the champagne every time Prosecco. the team did
1: get the. Yeah. yeah. Josh is going to bust out the Prosecco with Cooper cup, you know, doesn't get the record. <laughs> Is there a brand of Prosecco in particular? Is it cupcake? A cupcake is the one that I get whenever I think. Oh <laughs>
2: no. wow, you just got Prosecco shaved. What a poor. <laughs> I've got a couple behind me. I'll just crack one out here if we uh if we have a great best ball draft. How about that? Yeah, there's
1: the one that also looks like Hanukkah, the blue and gold, uh blue and silver that always gets my eye too. Those are my Prosecco. That, that
2: was the summer of fifty nine one that night. I oh. stole it from um oh, I can't remember his name. Do you remember um sports science um on ESPN? John Brinkus. Mm. Okay. You, you, does that name not ring Your a bell? Name I'm dropping guys you sell alcohol
1: but, from. It says. <laughs> yeah, so 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 that's
2: when we were doing that's when we were doing a stream uh, for for the draft network. That night. I was in John Brinkus's house in in outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and at the end he's at a fridge down there, and I just broken and got two bottles of Prosecco and just had a blast. So I felt like a high schooler all over again.
0: You see this photo right here? This is John Brink is begging you to give me his Prosecco <laughs> back. <laughs> it's
2: like, please, please stop
1: me. stealing my alcohol, John.
0: <laughs> uh, Josh, please give me my Prosecco
1: back. Also, will Willis saying that cupcake is his wife's favorite. And I don't know if that was a burn or not, but I'm gonna take it, it as a compliment. That to two people it, who love Willis are both. It's drinking a It's a bird. <laughs> um, yeah, I think those are the main milestones. Josh mentioned Kyle Pitts, 59 receiving yards to break the rookie tight end record. Jamar Chase, 45 to break the rookie receiving yard record. Mike Evans needs 54 to hit 1K for his eighth straight season. And then a bunch of QBs just shy of 5K passing yards include Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes. So there are some more actually Mark Andrews apparently needs 141 to break the tight end receiving record too. So that's, record I think, to that's
0: I'm rooting for the Mike Evans one. I'm rooting on behalf of all dynasty football content creators. I mean, there's no better soundbite in the off season than saying Mike Evans has hit a thousand yards in eight straight seasons. Yeah. I mean, these guys need that nugget.
2: He did it. I think in like the, one of the final catches of last season too. Yeah, so it, it, it would be only, it would be only fitting to do it again this year. I think Jamar chase that record is fine. You know, Now that I am like the dictator of records (laughs) and if they should stand or not, uh, Cal Pitts cannot make his. Jamar Chase can.
1: Yeah, you're ready. You're like sounding like the MLB guys too, who are like, "All oh, the records are set. Sac- yes. they're, they're the most important thing we have. They're sacrosanct." Big traditionalist, play- Josh Norris. Yes, <laughs> protect him at every turn. All right, let's do a playoff best ball draft here, and then we can do the rider die picks, Pete, because we got to make sure to get Josh while he's fresh before we beat him down with the asinine segment. That is our rider die picks. Yeah. Also, a little check in, Josh. How, how you feeling? Are we feeling? I'm good. good? The stamina is good. Was I
2: supposed to bring rider die picks?
1: I, I never do. Um, no, we, we okay. usually so make I, them up on the fly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool.
0: Um, all right, uh, Josh, just, uh, is there any, you're, you're allowed to draft alongside of us. I just don't want to get, Oh you yeah, 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 I'm,
2: yeah. I'm not, I'm not the one pressing the keys. I can just, uh, and I can help with the selections. I cannot be the one, you know, physically pushing down on the, on the keyboard.
0: Okay. The all right. Maybe I will overrule you hard on one pick. Just so if in
1: the court of law, we that can works. just kind of point to this. Uh, Are there any legally safe guidances or any sort of suggestions you have for people out there, Josh, you can give as a man who cannot play on underdog, but, but knows the inner workings and the, the mysterious things going on there in the, the chambers, like in
2: your background. Be, be responsible. I know that we could like put out an infinite amount of $5 drafts and they'd fill in three days. Uh, that's what we're in right now is the mitten too. Uh the gauntlets out there for 25 bucks as well. Um, again, playoff best. if you've never done it, we're you're going to be in a world of hurt in a moment because it flies by and every single draft is totally different. Pete, the weird thing about this is the sharper, the draft room, like the better EV for everyone, because yep. then it keeps all the stacks for you just to select from your own. Cause no one wants to kind of overlap with any of them.
0: It totally. Yeah. Cause if you get in a place where I'm trying to think of an example of a player who might, you know, drop, say like an Eckler or someone, um, you know, you're not going to have the random guy being like, what Eckler's at the top of the queue. I'm just going to add him to my team. And then he blows up your, your stack. So I think those kind of things are, are interesting there because you do have guys. We talked about this. I think with, when I had John Jackson on talking about the strategy, there are some people that will just build to advance. Um, and not really worry about their first place tournament equity, which I, I am not wired like that except this week, which I am. So maybe, uh, we just build a team (laughs) filled of wild card players.
1: Yeah, Alan's saying he's in the two hole in that draft, so we might have some people in the chat going to watch the show and get a little bit of an edge on you, Pete, here. Um, I am curious, Josh's uh, take here on on 1-5, you
0: normally will have one of the Chiefs guys, maybe Diggs, I've seen Taylor creeping up, even Derrick Henry now creeping up. Uh, What's your take here from this spot?
2: Mm, Well, I mean, now that the Chiefs are almost certainly the two seed, unless, you know, the Titans. But look, if you go Tyreek Hill or... If you don't get Hill or Kelsey, can you really get Patrick Mahomes? Like do you want to go naked Patrick Mahomes here? I think we no. aim for Tyree Kill and hope they get Mahomes here on the turn.
1: Yeah, so we, Spags, are you good with Hill? I do think he's the best player here. Yeah, I think we haven't had a Chiefs stack here, so I think trying to get one makes sense. We, we've done about like four or five of these on the show, Josh, and we have gotten like all Niners and, and Cardinals respectively. I just
0: try to draft the best plays. Spags is trying to balance his show exposure here through Got these it. drafts. <laughs>
2: <Got> <laughs> I, I think we should draft the players who score the most points.
1: I kind of like
0: oh. that concept.
1: It's a unique strategy,
0: one that, I one that
1: we did not try.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I did do it when I was taking Rondell Moore all season, right, Josh? <laughs> Uh you guys want to stack it up with Mahomes?
2: We have to. Yeah. Let's do it. So Titans obviously one seed in the AFC again, unless they lose the Texans, what they did just a couple weeks ago. I think most of the time stacking the one seed with the two seed in the same conference is an interesting strategy here. Or you can go the other side here and go, but Devonte Adams is already off the board, but you could also get, I don't know. Aaron Jones or whoever else you wanted to on the, the Packers end of the equation, the NFC, but having one first place and one either second or third place is, is one way of doing this that I've found.
1: Yeah. Also probably not relevant to this draft, but Nick pointing out Deontay Johnson. It's also on the underdog NFL handle, another good news breaking handle. Deontay Johnson just got activated. So yeah,
2: we got to redo the show.
1: Redo yeah. it. Start
0: it over. Um, <laughs> One thing that'll come into play with this stack. And I'm curious your guys, takes Josh, where are you at on the Chiefs' backfield as far yeah. as the playoff stretch? Because that's a riddle.
2: Yeah, and C.E.H. is going as the running back 9, and Darrell Williams is going as the running back 10. That has, you know, the gap has considerably diminished between the two. Um, yeah. I kind of don't want a piece of it, and I just think if Mahomes goes off, it's not necessarily going to be to the backfield. Um, but that's just me. So I am going to weed out
1: quarterbacks yeah. just because I think we're going to be can good Do we go for that here? here? I, I mean, we can play can- for... You're getting the, the highest mod Super Bowl matchup.
2: I mean, I think I think we have one side who is not a one seed on the NFC side and the Bucks that have a great chance of getting the Super Bowl. And the same thing on the AFC side of this equation with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh,
0: yeah. The only thing I was going to say, and we're not going to have enough time to talk it out, was I was just looking at Lemmings here. He does have Evans. I think he would be less excited to take – um. See, I was thinking maybe we Got take it. Gronk and he doesn't take Fournette, but I think he was going to take whichever two bucks we mm-hmm. left anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, So this does put us in territory. I would say ideally we're grabbing one of these Chiefs running backs here unless we also want to make a D2 or four like an A.J. Brown, T.
1: Higgins. I would try to complete the Chiefs and take one of C.E.H. I, I just I don't know which one you would want to take. I, I think I would you go to Williams because
2: I think no matter yeah. what, he's going to get the passing down role.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll take Durell. I, I agree with the Durell over
0: CEH take. I was just thinking too, one thing I've noticed in these drafts, again, because we're heavy on the Chiefs stack, that we could have probably kicked that down the road. One, either someone doesn't take them because we're heavy on Chiefs. And even if someone does, we take the cheaper of the two who falls to us. And so that's yeah. the thing that I've, has been the puzzle for me with these drafts is knowing when to take detours, knowing there's guys later you can complete your Chiefs right. stack
2: with. Right. Right. Um, Just for everyone out there, I know Plap in the chat. So do players on teams with the bye just not score points in the first round? Yes. And as soon as obviously that player is eliminated, they give you no more points. So this is why you can't just load your draft up despite there being, you know, potentially a bit of a value with Titans and Packers because you're not going to advance it out of the first round. And again, there's 10 rounds in this. You're drafting against five other people. You start five of those players. So one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers slash tight ends and one flex.
0: All right, so we were on the clock. To me, ideally, we obviously later add a fourth chief and then we start to think about our Super Bowl opponents in the NFC. We can um I don't see another buck here. So I think we pick an, an NFC player basically best available that we like here. I love Sony. I was like Sony. Sony too. Yeah. I think Sony's an awesome it, yeah. pick. What is it. your take, Josh, on Sony with Acres getting back in the mix?
2: So what I've loved about the Rams is when everything got stale and, you know, analytics, Twitter got all in the Rams that they were just back to where they were in the previous years. The Rams trotted out, you know, two extra tight ends, an extra offensive lineman and ran some power football with with Sony. And that's kind of like, I know people hate to say it, the engine or the rhythm or whatever that creates like the three to four to five yard chunks. He's not really necessarily going to reel off huge catch or huge runs. But yeah, I think Sony's really important to what they are right now.
0: So my suggestion here would be we go Debo. And we set up getting like two bucks, two Rams, two 49ers in play for us.
2: I am so nervous that the 49ers aren't even going to make it. But, but that's
0: why Debo's still here. Uh, yeah,
2: no, it's true. I mean, I, I think the Chargers are going to make it. And Keenan, I mean, anyway, it's up to you.
0: No, so yeah. I, I, uh, I agree with you. I'm just thinking structurally. Yeah. That like we pr- we're going to add a fourth chief for sure and right. we've just kind of now made the bet like yep. Chiefs are winning or making it to the Super Bowl and we already got a running back score from them in the Super Bowl too. Yeah. So my thought is now let's allow ourselves to have Chiefs bucks Chiefs so, Rams or Chiefs 49ers Super Bowls.
2: I also think that we need to spread our wings a little bit at wide receiver because we have two locked in week one running backs. And so that's our one running back and that's our flex. Yep. No matter what. So at wide receiver, their might again might not even make it like if the 49ers lose the Saints win 49ers are out of the ballgame.
0: Well, the one thing I would say too though, generally like it's same with the best ball stuff. It's just like, if the 49ers don't make it, we probably We're just done. let $5 on
1: fire. Sure, so we'll sure. draft as if the 49ers make it. Okay. Uh, Ron asking a question that we talked about a few times on here, but how many teams total are you looking to target for? I think you've said Pete, your ideal usually is going to be a four, two, 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 sack, right? Well, I I think anything like the
0: four, three, three, uh, the four, two, two, two. I think there's lots of viable ones. I did a four, three, two, one the other night. Um, all right. So I would say here. I mean, I I I like James Conner
2: so much more, but yeah, I mean, I I think I'd go Kittle.
0: I think, I think I would too, because like you just said, or we were talking about, we're making a big bet now on the 49ers advancing. Yeah. And if they do, we're getting
1: both of their best, you know, pass catchers. Yeah. I would not have been opposed to Van Jefferson there either. He's in play too. Yeah, What do you, we should think through our
0: end if we don't take Pringle here, is there a fourth chief that we can live with late?
1: No. Yeah, it's DeMarcus it's Robinson or Josh Gordon.
0: <laughs> so we probably should take Pringle here, I would think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it.
2: Hmm. I mean, I yeah. I, I think that's the best approach if, again, we want to have four chiefs players.
0: Oh, Which are they... you kidding me, Lemmings? <laughs> oh. Lemmings! <laughs> What it are sucks, you doing? You don't. Oh my God. I'm tilting. Um, well, Van, he tried to hurt you. I
1: think.
2: Okay. <laughs> Van or Dalton Schultz. Like I think Dalton Schultz is going to be really important to them because they, again, they're going to go back to not having Michael Gallup on this team. So I or just Mike think Williams structurally week one,
1: but we
0: probably don't want, I I'd be more open to Mike Williams than Dalton just because we already have
1: three NFC teams that aren't the Cowboys. Okay. Um, Andrew in the chat asking, is Miko dead? I would say so. I feel like he's the Hill guy. Like, if Hill were out, then maybe you could play Miko. Yeah. I would, is- him. yeah.
0: Man, I now, and what about on the Tampa Bay? If we want to add, do we have any love for, I mean, for It'd the Tyler Grayson. Johnson, Cyril Grayson?
2: Yeah, it would be Grayson for me.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be great for me too. I mean, Josh and I are going to locks. I'm not just stealing your picks, Josh. I just you're no, repeating no, no,
2: no. a lot of things that we've said that are that the, I agree with. These drafts, I mean, again, Pete, we did so many over the summer that you kind of knew like, okay, that guy was going, I'm targeting this guy in this area. Every single playoff best ball draft is wildly different. Yeah, that I feel like I, I can't even review what we have going on until at the end of the entire draft. And then I want to review everyone else's teams too. Yeah, Because you just learn so much from that.
0: So I mean we do have some flexibility here as far like we're not locked into obviously to the 4222. Like if we wanted to go three Rams or three 49ers, I think that's completely viable.
2: Can we too. can we just take like the best players remaining, or is that stupid? Or is that only like a final round selection? Like the the headliner. Who who like who are you floating? Um well, let's I'd see be more
0: open to a best player on the AFC than the okay. NFC because we're already made Feels like mid- You scroll down here, right? Yeah.
1: Like as Mitchell would be getting there if the Niners somehow keep running, which we're banking on, I feel like you got to take Mitchell.
2: Yeah, there's no one. Yeah, I, I'd take Eli, but that's the NFC, obviously.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're loading up on, I'm just going to do that just because
0: it gets us at least concentrated on three San Francisco. Um,
2: See, this was an area where a bunch of chargers were going, but obviously now it's changed a lot.
0: Right, so now we're playing for a San Francisco KC Super Bowl, but to Josh's point, we can either super stack it with the Chiefs by adding, you know, a Hardman, or we can draft what we think is the best player in the in the AFC.
2: Hmm. Is I so, still on Tyler the board? Johnson?
0: Do we want to do Tyler Johnson, Miko Hardman? I'm just going to put these guys in the queue for now. Quick,
1: I'm
2: going to. Do me, Cole. Yeah. Did I get, get it, it in
0: time? Nimble fingers. Yes.
2: <laughs> that yeah, for
1: the cash games really got you ready for that moment.
2: Yeah. Um, Pete, do you want to speak on why just one quarterback and not two?
0: Yeah, just because to me, we've made a bet on the Chiefs making the Super Bowl. Like to win, to take down the mitten, we need the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl. And if they do, you know, Mahomes is going to, to get us there with big games. And so I think... Four games because we're assuming in this scenario they don't have the buy. And so then we just want to use those darts elsewhere. Um, and the other thing I would say too, it's you know, similar, Josh, when like if you're drafting Mahomes in Best Ball Mania, you're drafting Allen, like you're not drafting another quarterback until really late because we've done some draft capital. We've we've used a lot of draft capital on him. Yeah. So That's kind of just my thought on that. And Mahomes and Allen are probably, and I guess like Dak are a couple that you get excited about four elite games from them. And that's not like, that's a realistic story to tell. Yeah. And so my overall take on it was it probably lowers your round one advance rate, only taking one, but I think it boosts your first place equity.
2: Yeah, and again, you have to start five. At most, you can start two running backs, but at most, you can start three wide receivers slash tight ends. I mean, I'm just thinking about this stuff. Yeah, by the seat of my pants. Like these playoff best ball drafts, I can't wrap my brain around like the best strategy, the best way to approach them because I think every single draft room is just wildly different. Wildly different. What do you think the chance is? And I guess this could really go to either of you, but the chance of getting through
1: that first round with that, a QB, like that does feel like a pretty big disadvantage, but I guess if you survive, you're going to look a lot
2: better for it. I think you can get by, but let's say tight end was separated. You could probably get by without a tight end. But Mm -hmm. since that's not, I think the rest of those positions, obviously you couldn't get a zero at quarterback or a onesie position, like running back either. I don't think that that would be possible.
0: I just think, if you when you draft Mahomes in the second, like you're making such a big bet on him. Um, that I think otherwise if you're gonna do two QBs, like yeah. I'd rather go really late and draft like Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance or okay. something like as the as my two.
2: Can we do an if then here? Yeah. So you have round one here that we just did. Let's say instead of Tyreek, like instead of the Chiefs stack, we went would we have gone Jonathan Taylor? probably. Or Mike Evans. Would we have gone yeah. Mike Evans there?
0: Yeah, I think that would have been in the conversation. Yeah.
2: Okay. So if we'd gone Mike Evans there, round two, we would have immediately, even though ADP didn't dictate it, we'd have locked in Tom Brady. Is that kind of what your thought process would have been being like, hey, since he now is clearly the number one pass catcher for this team, we have yeah. to lock in the quarterback to tie with him.
0: So I've been thinking about that a lot. I do think it, it it makes complete sense. And we see it with a lot of these pairings. Allen Diggs, Mahomes, one of the Chiefs guys. Um, that one you just mentioned, Brady Evans. But I also think that's just naturally how most of these drafts are going to go and most people yeah. are going to be billed, in that there's really unique stuff where I think, you know, you can draft Josh Allen without Diggs and backfill a bill stack later. And I think, you know, it's a little harder with the bucks now, now that. Godwin and AB are out of the picture before that was right. a sick backdoor. Stack. Exactly. Um, and so it's a little hard for teams like that. Um, and same with the Cowboys, it's gotten harder with Gallup yeah. removed to justify it. But I do want met- to mix up the textures of my draft. So I'm not just always doing QB main stack over and right. over.
2: Now, my thought on that too, is I think you can take the quarterback by himself if it's the bills and if it's the Cardinals, I guess as, as we saw with Josh Allen during best ball regular season just having him as a fifth round pick by himself without taking stefan Diggs earlier and in those drafts people backfilled with manny or cole or gabe davis even dawson knox in some places devin singletary like that worked out really well because inside the five inside the 10 josh allen and his rushing touchdown doesn't need someone to throw the football to same thing with kyler murray now without deandre hopkins like it's I'm not saying it's it's a moot point with the rest of his pass catchers, but it's not like that one player that you have to have where it's the Mahomes, Kelsey's, the Tyreeks, or the Mike Evans, Tom Brady, like we just talked about.
0: And and to your point, I mean, what's crazy. Kyler didn't even get drafted in this one. I mean, Kyler's not. And I I just was highlighting to see where these Arizona guys are. I mean, you could start a backdoor Arizona super stack in the sixth round. You could have gone Kirk. Mm -hmm. You could have gone Connor. You could, uh, where's Zach Ertz in here. Did Ertz even get drafted? He's in the ninth round. Yeah, Ertz in the ninth, and you take Kyler in the tenth. You Same. can backdoor the entire Cardinal stack round six on.
2: Yeah. D. Weiss in the chat, you guys maybe should have gone Gronk instead of Fournette. My we thinking with, with yeah. bringing up Fournette was, um. well, no, we did talk about that. I would say, like, if you're starting a Buck stack, I would rather have Fournette than Gronk. Because, again, the wide receivers and tight ends are combined there. And Brady, who knows who he's going to throw to. Inside the five, inside the 10. And with Fournette, we know that he's almost certainly the one that's going to get the goal to go opportunities. I
0: will say too, on, you know, kind of on that point, and I understand what he's saying, there is more, there's more uncertainty with the running backs, especially all the NFC pairings, you know, Dylan and Aaron Jones, Zeke and Pollard. And there's like all these situations where you could really see them breaking separate ways where wide receiver, those elite wide receivers, they they fly off the board pretty quick. Um, to where I, in I in a perfect world, and this is kind of how I draft, you know, season log best ball teams too. I'd rather take those high ceiling wide receivers early and then make a bet on James Connor or chase Edmonds, AJ yeah. Dylan over that. I think structurally that's my ideal. And so I see that point there, knowing that we had running back options, boom, boom, right after it, maybe we break a tie in favor of the pass catcher there.
2: Two points. One, can you rename this one? 33% Josh Norris. Uh, and then yes. the, the, the second one, um, I feel like the Cardinals, there's not many edges left. I mean, you could have started doing these playoff best balls weeks and weeks ago when the charges were no lock, when, you know, the saints had no hope, but look, we just bet on the 49ers making it. The 49ers basically have to win this weekend against the Rams to get in because all the saints have to do is have their great offensive line, bully the Atlanta Falcons defensive line, have their defensive line, bully the Atlanta Falcons offensive line, and it's over. Like, then the Saints get in over that. And so I'm not saying go out there and draft Alvin Kamara, even though when we talk about superstars and it warping your brain how late he's going in these. But the the Cardinals, if that happens, if the 49ers beat the Rams, the Cardinals are the fourth seed. The Cardinals get, or the three seed. Like, they get a home playoff game, which totally yeah. changes how this ordering would go this time next week.
0: In that, and I think Josh's point here too, it, it's a good one to take because these ADPs are going to get hyper-efficient by this time next week, like yep. all of that stuff, the uncertainty is removed. And whereas now you can make stands on these teams, and it's it, you're not even gambling that much when you take the Cardinals. Like Josh said, it's like gravy if the schedule breaks better. Um, someone in the chat was talking about the Eagles essentially going undrafted. Like, if you want to make bets on Chargers, Raiders, 49ers, Eagles, like even Saints, like I don't know. Like, now is your chance to do them because once they lock up that spot, like if, if the Saints make the playoffs, Josh, I mean, Kamara's is going to probably be a third round pick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dallas Goddard. I mean, I'm surprised that he's not getting drafted in a lot of these two because it's him and Devontae Smith. And that's, that's about it. It is funny how when the Titans sucked, they were somewhat locked into the playoffs. Once all playoff best ball started, no one wanted to draft them because we didn't believe in their offense at all. And now the one seed still, no one wants to draft them because they're not going to get points. In in round one, out of there. So it's uh it's been a difficult path here for Tennessee, for sure. And, and Alan making the good point too, saying you got to remember to have a running back in your Super
1: Bowl matchup. That was why I didn't mind getting Michelle and Fournette because I feel like the Chiefs have a decent shot to get there. So get one of those guys in there, and maybe you can sort of uh, get that move in your direction a little bit more. Got to survive the first three rounds. And then Andrew asking, how much have you guys worried about teams playing each other in the divisional round? Do you have a lean on that, Pete? Are you analyzing that in any sort of depth? I've just been more not
0: worrying about it too much because like we were saying, there's so much of the seating that could get jumbled up that Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to focus on. All right, I'm making bets on these two to four teams and now let's just concentrate on them and hope the schedule gods, you know, break in our favor. Cause I, I do think it is a little tough to be trying to predict those. We'll have, we'll be able to do that more next week at this time, but right now I'm just focusing more on team correlation.
1: All right. So we got about seven minutes left, left in about like the hour window. I don't want to keep everybody here too long doing all the ride or die picks. So, Pete, I'm going to propose a pivot here. How about we do ride or die picks just for the games that seem interesting? So I'm I like that. OK, do it on a whim and there'll be a, a good amount of them that we might. What are ride or minutes. die picks? Yeah. So, the, OK, so explain ride or die pick. I, mean, you, I think you did it last year, Josh. Oh, mm. here we go again. But it was a different version of the game. So Pete, explain it one more time here for Josh and really more for the, the viewers out there. Josh is playing along here, pretending he doesn't know. Uh, yes. But in reality, he's just setting us up for it's the interview. It's the voice of the audience. Um. All right, so we are,
0: normally I say game by game, but we're going to pick the best games and we can throw out a pick of anything possible. It could be oh. uh, they're going to score this many points this game they are going to outscore uh, a player in another game they're going to be in a winning millie maker lineup basically any kind of form of prop bet sports bet fantasy okay. points it's fair game the the negotiation comes in is whether it's a one-pointer a three-pointer a 10-pointer a 10-pointer is like a hail mary yolo sub 10 percent chance of happening three-pointer okay. would be more like a 33 percent chance of happening and a one-pointer would be a very nitty cash game-esque uh, 50% chance of happening. Like if I just take the spread, pick one guy, uh, one team against the, the spread, that would be a one pointer.
2: Hmm. Okay. I'll try to follow along here. Okay.
1: And now it won't be game by game. We're just going to pick them out. So I'm going to take one game from the Saturday slate, Dallas, Philadelphia, and I'll give a ride or die pick to set the bar that I hope will be a 10 pointer. And we do have one, three and 10 pointers, Josh, in case that was, I think part of the explanation that might've gotten breezed over, but the 10 pointer for me, Malik Turner outscores all the Dallas starting receivers. I think they're pulling a, a switcheroo here. They're not going to try as hard as I said they would.
2: Huh? I mean, I all the Dallas wide receivers you just said mm-hmm. from Malik freaking Turner. Yeah, I um, like I
1: look, Malik Turner. I think should be taking Gallup routes personally. Oh. Wow. Um, and he, what should we give him a ten pointer for this, Josh? I'm yeah, I think that. so. Okay,
0: thank I you. Go for it, Pete. Do you want a one pointer here? <laughs> yes, I would. Um, when is this game? Is this Saturday? It's Saturday this night. night. Yeah.
2: yeah Saturday okay. Night.
0: Um. All right. So. Uh Spags, what do you have a uh, cd Lamb's projection at?
1: Uh 13.5 from Osmo, it looks like. I'll take the over 13.5 for one point. <laughs> okay, there you go. Josh, if you want to do a bold pick, you can. If you want to do an easy cash game style one like Pete did, follow your heart.
2: Well, an underdog pick'em line, Dak Prescott, 253 and a half passing yards. Uh Ooh. let's go under that. Let's go under that. That's a one. I want to do some underdog pick'ems here, too. Okay, there it goes. So there's a one pointer. Interesting
1: game. Chicago now not. Cincinnati, Cleveland now. Boy, this might actually might be a tough one picking the games out as we go. Let's do one from Cincinnati and Cleveland for the people of Ohio that I really care the most about. No one's Six- playing
2: in this game. <laughs>
1: That's, that's why I think it's a fun one to do a ride or die pick <laughs> for. Um, you I'll you came up with this idea of getting rid of the worst games. And this is literally the worst, worst game years. on the slate. <laughs> I, but I think doing the worst, worst one makes it fun. I think both quarterbacks pass for under 150 yards. Is that a 10-pointer, Pete? Say oh. say it again. I can't tell when you're trying to pull a fast one over on me. Both QBs under 150 passing yards.
0: Respective. That seems like a 10-pointer. Under 150 for both of them is a pretty low number. Would you agree,
2: Josh? Yes. Okay. All right. We'll give Thank you 10 for that. I'll take that. P. Um, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. Uh Alden Tate scores a touchdown and shouts out Ian Harditz in his postgame press conference. That's a 10 pointer. <laughs>
0: wow. I get I, I know I'll <laughs> go a
1: thousand on that. I am willing to go a thousand. <laughs> I mean, for Cordero Patterson, I feel like Cordell Patterson owes Ian a speech on the podium for whatever award that he gets this year.
2: Look, I just cannot wait for the fringe roster talents this summer to get their highlight reels constructed into five minute formats. From Ian's uh Twitter feed. I that's one of my favorite, favorite parts. I think Drew Locke has even underperformed so much that he's not allowed to get one this offseason. Oh,
1: that's sad. I, I love all the Drew by Lock he, he
2: knows that he knows I'm just having fun with him. All right, Pete, what do you
1: want? Yeah. What
0: do you what do you Spags in your own personal projections, do you have Samaje P. Ryan yards projection?
1: Um and my personal, I mean, I can look. I actually could pull a fast one here. No softer lines than Spags's personal projection. So if I could get that, that's hurtful. Uh, (laughs) I have him for forty-seven point nine rushing yards. I'd like to take the over on that for one point. OK, to be clear, I've been adjusted for staffs this week, Pete, as you know. So my book is not as sharp as it usually is. Well, or- I'm helping you make those lines a little more efficient. Uh, you bastard. All right. This game does have playoff ramifications. Pittsburgh, 18.8 implied points. Baltimore, 22.3 implied points. Josh, what would you like as your ride or die pick for this one?
2: Um, What do I want as my ride or die pick in this one? Um, bum, bum, bum. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman has four first down catches. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know guys.
0: I mean, four first—that's
2: like catches like, that equal a, that a lot. Is that a lot? Is that a little? I don't know. Exactly. Now I'm trying to find the areas where you don't even have things that. This is honestly
0: it. genius because I'm like, that could be a ten 4 or a three point. So over I under three
2: and
1: a half. Over he gets under three nine point eight air yards, yards per over. target on the year. So. Yes, overachieve that and actually so, catch him.
0: This one's sneaky because to me it feels like it's probably like a five or a six pointer, which we do not have those. Josh, I will do this. I five first
1: downs for a ten pointer.
2: Okay, we'll do that. Five first down catches. Well, five catches that equal a first down for Rashad Bateman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sexual Dumanie saying Josh Digger digging deeper than Vegas. I think yep. that's uh, that's what you get an underdog. That kind of level yep. of depth is what you want. Yep. Uh, Pete, what do you want? All right. Now, I know what you guys are going to say. I thought, how are you doing a
0: 10-pointer? But hear me out. A 10-pointer. Chase Claypool ends up in the optimal cash game lineup, okay? The best possible lineup this week. Chase Claypool is in it at his $5,100 salary. Optimal is this, is this Pete lineup.
2: teasing? He believes his cash game lineup is perfect. And so Chase Claypool will be in that cash game lineup. I you,
0: I don't want, I would never reveal my shell on a Friday mm-hmm. afternoon. I'm saying the optimal across the board, it could be anyone's. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I think that's fair. That, I
1: mean, that would be the optimal for all optimals, which just just I think. let me have my semantic. Yeah, you can have it. You can, I'm giving it to you. I just feel like it's a long way to go for a Chase Claypool pick. Um, Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, actually no, I have to pick one here too. You made um, us do Cleveland Cincinnati. Let's not talk about a long way to go. <laughs> Okay, fair point um i will say all right let's let's get weird with this one and for my 10 pointers pittsburgh somehow makes the playoffs at their five percent chance of making the playoffs
2: I sure mean, that's that's a 10 pointer. that's ten absolutely point not, not happening
1: has to be and then the next game up indianapolis 29.3 implied points jacksonville 14.3 implied points i'm gonna take the first one here because it correlates with that last one jags win jags win outright fuck it all up for everybody we I think that's, I'm rooting for chaos.
2: Here's one uh, 10 pointer based on him only having one touchdown throw in what his previous 10 games, Trevor Lawrence, there's three touchdowns here in his season finale ooh. in his rookie season.
1: Correlating wow. with my pick. No leverage here today, Pete, just correlations. I love it. I absolutely
0: love it. Um. All right. I am going to take, i um, checking out the underdog pickums. They have not put up any JT lines yet.
2: No, we have. You just can't see it. So actually this week, because you took the odds boost a couple weeks ago with Josh Allen, we have a new odds boost this weekend for no one, for the people who did not take the Josh Allen one. Yep. Sorry. You're so censoring
0: the sharps. If,
2: <laughs> if you take, if you take Jonathan Taylor's rushing yards in either direction over or under in a five X or five pick pick'em, then it boosts from twenty X to 50X. So sorry, this, you're left out.
0: You can't you can't box me out.
2: <laughs> <We> Josh, <do. laughs> I'm an
0: investor, I'm an influencer, I'm a right. top 10 finisher in BBM, and right. you guys are removing plays
1: from me.
2: Right. Once again, it was for everyone that drafted Rondale Moore over Damian Harris aren't allowed <laughs> to use this pick one. You're
1: costing up too much money now. We've so we've all seen that bank account you have on underdog. All right,
0: fine. Then this is what I'm doing. I will take the over on Carson Wentz's 211 passing
1: yards.
2: There we go. That's a I great pivot, Pete. <laughs>
1: That's a great pivot. All right, we could skip some of these games. Tennessee and Houston does matter enough. 26.5 implied points for Tennessee, 16 for Houston, Pete. What do you want?
0: Um. Yeah. Let's want? let's see
1: here. Uh, I would
0: love a one pointer on AJ Brown over 71 and a half receiving yards.
1: Okay. That's a one pointer. I think can't argue that
0: um, no. and just straight and narrow. Just, you know, it's like, this is what GPP players are. It's like me golfing with my father-in-law and I'm trying to crush the ball and I'm slicing it into the woods. That's GPP players. My father-in-law just straight and narrow, just a soft swing right down the pike. That's my strategy for right on up. the
1: fairway. Time right time on again. the fairway.
0: AJ Brown over 71 and a half <laughs> yards. Uh,
1: I will go next and I will take based on the information that I so carefully researched earlier in the show, Rex Burkhead, 130 total yards. Is that a 10 pointer? Pete, 130 total yards is not a 10 pointer,
0: <sighs> but the Burkhead family needs to eat. And I do too. Uh, I'll give you it. I'll give you it over 150 yards, 140, 145 done um, welcome to the show josh
2: josh what do you want Are, here is this like whose line is anywhere where the points don't matter in the end too? oh
1: they matter because i am crushing they matter because shit. pete's winning this year after i dominated it last year last got year it. didn't matter apparently
2: got it um i'm gonna go davis mills has the highest completion percentage of any rookie quarterback this weekend wow did you guys see that tweet uh about uh Davis Mills, fr-
0: about comparing him. I guess his teammates have been calling him Zuckerberg because <laughs> yes. of his big brain.
2: <laughs> you, we got we got a shout out though. I'm sure in an NFL locker room, any white guy who's smart is just called Zuckerberg. Let's be honest. <laughs> I <laughs> also, mean, the smartest
1: guy in the Texans is not quite winning awards. I don't that's the that-
2: Stanford guy. Come on. <laughs> that's why that
1: text thread
0: with Cooper cup and Laird and them is so confusing <laughs> is because they're all named Zuckerberg it
2: right D- Davis Mills in there sends paragraphs he doesn't send individual lines
0: here it is it's Brevin Jordan says uh QB Davis Mills has the nickname Zuckerberg after the Facebook CEO for his smarts he just laughs about it adjust the ranks everyone adjust.
1: And Brevin Jordan, I like being the alpha of the group. He's, he's the one telling people about <laughs> nicknames. That's what we want to see from our tight end on the rise. Uh, Seattle, 20.8 implied points. Arizona, 27.3 implied points. And, and Josh, I think you're due to go first.
2: Oh, no. Um, Seattle, Arizona. Um, let's say, okay. So DeAndre Hopkins out. AJ Green. Let's say Antoine Wesley catches two touchdowns in this game.
1: Oh add for my low ball lineups but that's a 10 pointer i would think
2: yep thanks pete uh, Pete, what's your one pointer for this one
1: um spags do pete, you have... what did i just say what did i just say
0: this is this is like every conversation with my wife
2: pete's thinking about a shell he just changed one player out one player in and didn't even pay attention to what i was saying to close out this show what, what did you say josh i apologize Antoine is going to score two touchdowns
0: that's incredible
1: that's what a 10 that? pointer
2: all right i just i could tell by your face i know from hosting and doing all that how you look off the side and then don't even recognize what the person said that it went one ear out the other it's i'm okay.
0: sorry i was looking at dk metcalf and tyler lockett projections i, know. I was getting excited
1: i wanted I to know. ask spags if uh if he if you have metcalf and lockett projected very similarly I would have them projected fairly similarly, yes, about a point right. eight difference.
0: Okay, so can I
1: have DK Metcalf scores more points than Tyler Lockett for one point? Yeah, you can have it for one point. Thank you. Uh, I will take in this one uh, another contractual obligation here to take AJ Green over seventy-five receiving yards, Pete. Oh, that's Is that... so many. <laughs> uh, Josh was ready to go go off, King, and then you said seventy-five, <laughs> and he's like, "So oh, many."
2: Shit.
1: <laughs> what? Okay, uh, AJ Green puts up. Ten catches and seventy-five yards. That's holy got to be cow! Point. Yeah, we'll give him I, a yeah, ten sure player. Doesn't get that many targets. No, ten catches, more than seventy-five. The thing is, I just want, I, thing, I want all these guys to get their bonuses. That's what I'm rooting for. The
0: yardage play. thing isn't
1: that hard. He gets used yeah, down the field. The play. ten catches, ten though, it's no lofty. Be all right, lucky well, I'll give get you the half ten. of that. Uh, next game up: uh, New Orleans, Atlanta. New Orleans, twenty-one point five implied points. Atlanta, eighteen implied points. I think I'm due to go first, and I will take, for the first time this year, Mike Davis outscores Cordell Patterson for 10
2: points, Pete. Oh, he's done that a couple times, I think, in recent weeks. No, I don't think he has, because really? I, I keep picking this. It's, not a,
0: it's not a 10-pointer. I'm not going to let you get, but you can have your moral
1: victory of, see, Mike Davis isn't as bad as you say he is, but I'm not, not giving you 10 points. Okay, Mike Davis 100 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> oh, okay. that's a lot. Okay, yeah, 100
2: yards. <laughs> Total yards, not just rushing yards. This might be what he yards.
1: has all the year right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Come
2: on. Um, I'm going to go, because it's promo code Alvin. Alvin Kamara over his 100 total yards against the Atlanta Falcons. Again, even without Teron Armstead for the New Orleans Saints offensive line, I think they can just bully the Falcons defense, which has laid down for everyone. And I think the Saints win this game outright pretty easily.
0: All right. Uh, Spags, I want to head to the Spags uh, projections. I want to know how many rushing yards you have Taysom Hill projected for.
1: Taysom Hill would project. I hate that you're calling me on all these now. Taysom, I got to take Does out his
0: projections. yeah no you can't yeah. change
1: them. Um, yeah. okay, I have projected for 23.7 rushing I'll yards. T- I'll take the over uh those rushing yards for one point. You're really abusing my half ass projections for that. He's just doing the for my lineup this week,
2: Pete. <laughs> it just one point layups all the time. Who you you need, turned into Josh?
0: To? I'm sick of these top heavy prize pools. Give me right. my 56% right. ROI in cash right. games, ride or die. I'm only right. drafting wildcard players in these right. underdog best balls. I just want to advance play it safe.
1: Josh
2: wins 10 K once looks what he turned <laughs> it into.
1: Beating was, the big uh, now every week, Carolina, 16.8 <laughs> implied points, Tampa Bay, 24.8 implied points. Pete, what's the cash game pick in this? The cash game pick. I will
0: take, um, I'll take, uh, Gronk over six catches
1: for one point. Okay, I will I will correlate with your pick and say what was the Gronk prop? Uh, Gronk needs uh, uh he's only eighty five. Gronk over eighty five receiving yards and seven catches for ten.
2: Hmm.
0: Josh what, it's, Josh, what did Spags just say?
2: I have no idea. <laughs> Me either. Not my show. I was going to try to blow <laughs> up your spot to get the information i have no idea he was saying something about gronk and then that's it that that's that's all i heard that made it on the
1: on the bulletin board on the bullseye there Uh, will you repeat
0: it for the class they were
1: doing spit wads in the back (laughs) i think it's a 10 pointer is the main takeaway pete
0: (laughs) just say it say quickly
2: pete he lost it's a 10 pointer okay it's 10
1: he yeah, Gronk, it. seven catches, eighty-five yards is going to be the ten-pointer for this one. Uh, oh, Josh, what do you want? That.
0: What? That's not a ten-pointer. That's not a ten-pointer. It's already a ten-pointer. <laughs> it's already been put. I guess, Josh, we seat? because we're Sorry. not listening to Spags and willfully ignoring him. I guess we could give him ten points on it.
2: Thank can. you. That's, that's, that's I all that's only I ask. fair. You're not going to pay attention. Just give me fictional points. Uh, Since so this <laughs> is my last appearance on the show, uh, Robbie Anderson, two touchdowns. <laughs> oh,
1: that's that's a ten. That's a ten-pointer. It's a tip Don't point. per two touchdowns. Uh Pete, did you take one in this one? I, no, you didn't, right? I haven't yet. Uh or wait, Carolina in Tampa Bay. Uh yeah, no, I took the Gronk. Oh, yeah, uh, Pete wasn't so even late, listening to himself. He the first though. half of Gronk, yes. Okay. Uh this is the second to last game here that will do a ride or die pick. San Francisco, 20 implied points. Rams, 24.5 implied points. Pete, I assume you paid attention to the game slating there. So what do you got? Um yeah, is this is this Sunday night football? No, this is the uh, last oh. afternoon game.
0: Oh wow! Um, let's see here. I will do. Cash Bags. How many? How many rushing yards do you have,
1: Trey Lance projected for? Uh, hold on. you making I, if I known I had to update these in advance, I would have put in snap counts and shit instead of just willy-nilly <laughs> in fact, going how do in you here.
0: Expect anyone to subscribe to your tout site if you don't update <laughs> your projections
1: throughout the week. Oh, fifth. No, see, this is not even close. Hold on. Well, I'm, I'm...
0: Just say the number, and I'll make a decision one way or the other.
1: Twenty-three rushing yards for Trey Lance. I'll take the over for one point. Okay, fine. All Josh, right. what do you want here? This NFC West, NFC West battle. Maybe NFC. So this waste is just battle. about
2: one of the five games I actually prepared for. Um, San Francisco's secondary has been abysmal. I think half of it is also on the COVID list. Still, um, we know on third downs and in, in terms of explosive plays, they are one of the worst in the league. I know Van Jefferson hasn't really hit this that often recently, but give me his over. On the pick'em lobby. I think it's 40 and a half receiving yards at this time. Okay.
1: Right. Oh, over under Now you're not listening. No, cause I'm, I'm replying to Carlos that I don't do my own projections. Like, do my, I've done my own NBA ones for I, years. Now I'm doing Lines. Lines.
0: Carlos has had a rough string of shows lately. I've been ignoring him because his comments haven't been very good, but wow. uh, you, I, it's nice for you to engage with him. Uh, <laughs> Josh uh, was talking about Van Jefferson.
1: Oh, okay. So I'll leverage off that one then. Take Cooper Cup. Not will I take. I won't take his yardage record number. I'll take two hundred receiving yards for Cooper Cup. He's gonna smash it. Cool. All right. We'll ten. Love, right?
0: Wow. Yeah, we'll give you the ten. Thank you. I mean, man. we're powering okay. this. I mean,
1: we're all right. we're all pretty checked game. out right now. It is week eighteen. Sunday night football. I'm getting us on oh, track. Yeah chargers 26.5 implied points vegas three point dogs at home for our pal rich Pasaccia. uh pete what's the i don't even know we usually do showdown captains for sunday night football so what do you do for a cash game
0: Uh, i mean i'll do the optimal cash captain uh for that game and it will be uh austin eckler
1: but that's for the cash game showdowns
0: no it's i mean look like we're all whether you're playing gpp or cash you're trying to get the most points in your lineup (laughs) am i correct or not specs that is the goal of this
1: yeah, that is, that's awesome. Actually, right. then. Uh, Josh, for Thank Sunday you. Night Football, Chargers, Raiders, what do you want?
2: I think Chargers win by more than nine points in this game. The spread is three at the moment. So um, <laughs> changing that by by six here. And it's because, look, Raiders have been beat up by teams throwing down the field because they are like the only team across the league that refuses to move away from cover one and cover three. We've seen it against the Chiefs. We saw it like in week four against the Chargers here. So if you give Justin Herbert some one on ones on the outside, uh, he's he's going to throw some missiles down the field. So I expect Herbert to have a massive day and the Chargers have a massive day and lock it up, if if only for our entertainment here in the wild card round of the playoffs, because I definitely don't want to see the Las Vegas Raiders in round one.
1: All right. Yeah. And I will take then, I guess I'm gonna have to go against that. I will take that. Is it actually a 10 pointer Pete? If this game were to go, it has a 50 point line of the books. If this went over 60, is that a 10 pointer over 60? It's probably technically like
0: a seven pointer, but uh, That's I want to give you a chance. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it, I'll give it to you. I mean, Josh, do we have, do you have a take on the great uh, potential of these guys kneeling it down to both make
2: the, playoffs? I mean, Would be incredible, incredible television. For that to happen, the Jaguars have to beat the Colts, correct? And then both of these teams, yeah, both of these teams have to get in or can get in if they just kneel it out throughout the whole time. Uh for one, Brain and Staley would just we'd fall in love even more if that happened, right?
0: You know what you guys need to do, Josh on underdog? If if that happens and the Colts lose, you guys should release like a a kneel down line for both car like because what if normally like a kneel down for a winning team would be what like three kneel downs maybe
2: my, my only fear is like look if john gruden was still coaching this team this would not happen like john gruden would never ever ever stand for that right but no. do we even know who rich versace is like I if i asked you one thing heard his name about, for the first time. exactly yeah. exactly like we have no clue who <laughs> this guy is and he's coached half the season for the raiders so i feel like staley would do it because that's like plus EV. But Bisace is like a former special teams dude. And I don't don't think it's in his DNA to do it.
1: At at Edge Sports, the the company, one of the subsidiaries of the company I work for, they've been doing the coach rankings things. And Bisace, I think, is like a 50-50% guy, like where he Mm. sometimes is going forward on fourth downs, where like, oh, it's analytically sounded and sometimes punting it in ways where so like I literally have no clue what he would do, but I feel like it'd probably be run the ball 50 times. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So that's it. So that's the Sunday night football game. I'm rooting for chaos. Josh, there's no chaos over at underdog, just fun times with your friends doing best ball drafts, picking some lines, doing really legal betting or, you know, a form of betting in States where you can't legally bet, which I think is one of the assets as well. So whatever else you want to say about underdog, give people the plug, please feel free.
2: Yeah. I didn't talk about it enough. Pete is not allowed to take Jonathan Taylor for the 50 X boosted pick em slip this weekend. All of you who did not participate in the Josh Allen one a couple weeks ago, again, Pretty easy. Turn $10 into $500. A 50X pick-em-slip if you just use that boosted over or under on his rushing yards. Yes, that's what it is. You can see it Free at the top Free promo of code Pete.
0: Remove or... the underdog
1: shackles from my hands, Josh.
2: <laughs> that works, too. At, at the very least, use promo code at Pete. Josh Norris as
1: well for all the content you're doing. Anything in particular you want to mention that underdog's working on content-wise for
2: football down the stretch? No. Just go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Underdog Fantasy. We really appreciate it.
1: All right, Pete. What do you want to say here? What's the show schedule coming up? You got anything else? Are you done for the day?
0: No, I need I need a break. I need to go be attentive to people who are talking to me in my life and make sure (laughs) that they are speaking their truth and I am acknowledging it. Uh, I'm probably gonna go snowblow a little more. um, And uh, yeah, I'll be back on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to reveal my cash game shell. Can't wait.
1: Follow at at Josh Norris, follow at Chris Bags, and follow at Splash Play Pod, where we are, in fact, following you back on there. And you can keep up with all the shows that we'll be doing, which include next week, three shows a week still, Monday, Thursday, Friday, 2.30 Eastern. So come hang out with us then and hit the like button before you go as well. Enjoy your weekends. See you soon.